Hello, our little Crime Academy. Yes, that's what we have decided to call our loyal and wonderful followers. And we just wanted to inform you that we have finally started our Patreon page. If you join for the low cost of $5 a month, you will get exclusive never-before-heard episodes. I think we have about like three episodes that no one has heard yet. And as well as mini episodes, and we were, we will be getting merch in the near future. We want to do that really badly, but you know we want to get our little community going. So join our Crime Academy and be a cool cat. And as always, I'm Sarah. And I'm Lexi. And we welcome you back to Kills, Thrills, and Chills. Buckle up for this week's case. Welcome back, my friends, for part two. Part two of Donald Harvey, the Angel of Death. Uh, part one, we discussed the murders, and all of the like fifty-seven murders that happened, and that's it. No, no, that's it. And then today, I'll be covering the investigation, incarceration, and then Lexi and I will have a little discussion on our theories. So this could be like one of my law classes. <laughs> Putting our law degrees to use. <laughs> well, mine's, mine's not. My minor was in the law. But. It's still. Still the same thing. My minor was philosophy, and I like to think I'm a philosopher. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ride that. But definitely would love to hear your thoughts on this case, because it it's crazy. And there are a lot of like crim- criminal theories that go with this. But all right. So we know that... Um, after the death of John Powell in 1987 of April, uh, this is when authorities became suspicious of Harvey because when John Powell died, they did um, an autopsy and they smelled almonds, so the cyanide. So Still that's, so I know, right? So that is where we left off. So after keeping his crimes hidden for 17 years, Harvey finally slipped in March 1987. So I'm just going to reiterate this so we're all on the same page. <laughs> An autopsy of John Powell, who had died abruptly after spending several months on life support following a motorcycle accident, revealed large amounts of cyanide in his system. Harvey became a person of interest when investigators learned he had been forced to resign from the Cincinnati VA hospital after he was caught stealing body parts for occult rituals. At the time, most hospitals did not vet orderlies as closely as doctors or nurses. When they brought Harvey in for questioning, he confessed to Powell's murder, claiming he had euthanized him with cyanide. <laughs> Just the one thing how, like, they didn't vet orderlies as much. I, yeah, like, I, that's They are around blowing. patients 24-7. How can you not? Like, what? There, there's a lot wrong with that. Fuck that. Um, ooh. In April 1987, after securing a search warrant for Harvey's apartment, investigators found a mountain of evidence against him. Jars of cyanide and arsenic, books on the occult and poisons, and a detailed account of the murder, which he had written in a diary. I am always (laughs) baffled when criminals write down detailed like descriptions you're so of their stupid murders. or like, like how jeffrey dahmer with the polaroids yeah it's like how yeah, stupid you're you're just asking to get caught at yeah, that they point get too uh ballsy 
Well, I mean, yeah. Harvey got away for 17 yeah, I mean, years. <laughs> seven murders. And he's still, and we'll get into this later, but he tells people that he killed like 80 people. But they can only... They can only prove like yeah. 57? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I think, I don't remember the exact number, but it's in here. That's nuts. It's insane. Fucking diary. A diary of, I, I murdered this dear diary. Yeah, I murdered this person by suffocating them to death. Or injecting cyanide into their fucking body. I can't. Oh I can't. Oh, my God. This is so fucked up. All right. Following this new discovery of evidence, um, Harvey was arrested on one count and aggravated murder. And after filing a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity, was held under a $200,000 bond. The evidence against Harvey was growing rapidly, and investigators were beginning to look into several other mysterious deaths at the hospital. Pat Menarkin was then an actor at Cincinnati Station, WCPO-TV, found it unlikely that someone who had spent almost two decades caring for patients could suddenly kill one without having killed before so just a little bit about Pat Menarkin is he actually breaks this case open and proves that he um, that Harvey actually this wasn't the first murder. Oh, okay. So it was actually really cool. There's a whole there's a special I'll link it in here. He did like an interview on like the radio, yeah, about like how he went about it and stuff. It was crazy. Oh, that's interesting. Really cool. Uh, so during his report on the night of Harvey's arrest, Menarkin asked on air if there had been any other deaths. It was soon revealed that several nurses at Drake had raised concerns with administrators upon noticing a spike in deaths while uh, Harvey was employed there, but they had been ordered to keep quiet. Not wanting the chance that he would be acquitted, the nurses contacted Monarchin and told him that there was evidence Harvey killed at least 10 more people. Over the next several months, Monarchin investigated the suspicious deaths and amassed enough evidence to air a half-hour special Report detailing evidence that linked Harvey to at least 24 murders in a four-year period. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. Wow. Uh, Harvey had been able to stay under the radar in part because he worked in an area of Drake where patients were not expected to survive. And on... I get it, but... I mean, that's just like... That's the opportunity. It's (laughs) You're just getting blown up. I know. You got too many friends. That's her work group. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I get it. Like, that was the opportunity for him. But, like, I feel like that's even more sadistic. Yeah. Like, you're deciding these people's fates. and That's not yours to decide. No. Like, what? He's an asshole. Um, on August 11th, 1987, 35-year-old Harvey sat down with investigators and confessed to committing 33 murders over the past 17 years. As the days went by, that number eventually grew to 70 in all. Investigators were skeptical of the murders Harvey was giving them and wanted to have his mental state assessed prior to taking his claims as fact. Following several psychiatric tests by numerous experts, a spokesman for Cincinnati Prosecutor's Office explained the dilemma to the Cincinnati Post. Quote, This man is sane, competent, but is a compulsive killer. He builds up tension in his body so he kills people. Donald Harvey entered the courtroom on August 18, 1987, and pleaded guilty to 24 counts of aggravated murder, four counts of attempted murder, and one count of felonious assault. Just four days later, a 25th guilty plea earned him a total of four consecutive 20 years to life sentences. In addition to his life terms, Harvey was fined $270,000. Harvey was indicted in Kentucky on September 7, 1987, where he confessed to committing... So this is 
a totally different. So he confessed to 24 counts of aggravated murder. He pled guilty for that in Drake. Mm -hmm. Um, And now he was being indicted in Kentucky in September. Okay. Where he confessed to committing 12 murders while employed at Mary Mountain Hospital. Oh, my God. -hmm. In November, he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to eight life terms plus 20 years. In February 1988, he entered guilty pleas on three additional Cincinnati homicides and three attempted murders, drawing three life sentences plus three terms of seven to 25 years. Two years later, the investigation into remaining deaths was closed after investigators determined that there was not enough evidence to pursue them. But they still do think he committed about 70 murders. Wow. Yeah, so that's fucking... How do you even, like... How do you remember all that? Like, He has a diary! Oh my god, like, that's insane. <laughs> He's fucking ridiculous. So, in an interview in 1991 with a reporter from Columbus Dispatch, Harvey gave a rare glimpse into his mindset. Harvey was asked, why did you kill? Harvey said, well, people controlled me for 18 years, and then I controlled controlled my own destiny. I controlled other people's lives. Whether they lived or died, I had that power to control. What right did you have to decide that? After I didn't get caught for the first 15, I thought it was my right. I appointed myself judge, prosecutor, and jury. So I played God. What? I have no words. So he was like, I'm self-appointed God. Yeah. Yeah. No, sir. And half of the fucking times he killed people were because they bothered him and made him angry. So, you're God. (laughs) My list would be very long. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Could you imagine someone just, like, said mm. you say something wrong to someone and you're dead? Oh, my God. And you're That's, already, like, on your deathbed. Yeah, you're already incapacitated. Ugh, it's fucking... And you're supposed to trust these people with your life. Exactly. And now exactly. they have the power to take it from you, which is and, like, terrifying. It's not, like, easy. It's not, like, a peaceful way to die anyway. Mm-mm. He did it either. Every way had to have been so harmful. Like, so slow and Yeah. Painful. Oh my god, that makes oh. me so sad. So sad. Mm. Um, it's funny uh, he just like admitted too, like, oh yeah, like I just decided to play God. I yeah, he has no remorse like, at all. Just so casual. And, and yeah, I thought it was after know. I didn't get caught for, after the first fifteen. Like, oh shut up. <laughs> so I must be God. I must be God for getting away with fifteen counts of murder. That's sick. Okay, asshole. But on July twenty third, two thousand one. The Associated Press printed an article listing the worst serial killers in the United States. Donald Harvey was rated number one, followed by John Wayne Gacy, Patrick Kearney, Bruce Davis, and Dean Coral. Number one. Followed by John Wayne Gacy. I, again, <laughs> sometimes I forget we're doing a podcast, but I wish you guys could see my face because I'm speechless. Like what? Like, there's Whoa. nothing to even say to that. Because we all know John Wayne Gacy was fucking terrifying and disgusting. But for Donald Harvey to surpass. Yeah. That's insane. Well, just a, like, pure amount of people. Yeah. That's definitely why. And, I mean, because it was, like, like he was the angel of death. Yeah. So he was, like, deciding their fate. Fuck that. Fuck that. Okay. Uh, Donald Harvey's first scheduled parole hearing would be set for 2047. He would be 95. But on March 28, 2017, authorities reported that Harvey had been found in his cell severely beaten. He died on March 30th, 2017. A 
Fellow inmate James Elliott was charged with aggravated murder and other charges related to the death of Donald Harvey on May 3rd, 2019. In September 2019, he was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison after pleading guilty to killing Harvey. The sentence was originally ordered to run consecutively to his other sentences, but was later changed to run concurrently. Really? Yeah. And so Elliot will become eligible for parole in 2046 when he is 71 years old. I mean, good riddance to Donald Harvey. Yeah. Kind of doing... Elliot, I'm sure, was not a good man either, but... No, but I mean... Still, still nice. I'm not mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) No harm done. (laughs) But that was, so that was all, like, that was basically the incarceration and everything so my discuss discussion is a lot longer so let's go back to this <laughs> as we all know we can't wholly understand why anyone wants to commit murders but there are facts which play a part in each killer i just want to say now that any theories i have or my opinions are solely my opinion and i'm not stating any of this as fact so i'm gonna actually be comparing donald harvey to jack kevorkian i don't know if you've ever heard of him mm. I don't know. You probably have. He was an American pathologist and (laughs) euthanasia proponent. He publicly uh, championed a terminal patient's right to die by a physician-assisted suicide. And embodied in his quote, dying is not a crime, Kevorkian said that he assisted at least 130 patients to that end. So this is more like terminally ill. Like that, like that's different. Yeah. Because like, maybe I'm just... Like, if I am dying in the hospital, mm-hmm. like, let's say I'm suffering cancer yeah. or some shit, and I tell, like, the doctor, like, just put me out of my misery. Yeah. I'm asking you to kill me. Exactly. You're not making that choice for me. No. Exactly. That's the difference. That's the, that's the like, what I want to compare about, because that's what Donald Harvey thought he was doing. He thought he was helping, like, these people. No, you and, just made a choice for them that they didn't ask you to. Yeah, exactly. That's what I put. I said, Donald Harvey was no Jack Vorkian, no angel of mercy helping people choose the time of their death. He murdered people instead of alleviating their pain with measured actions. As an orderly in the hospitals of Cincinnati, Ohio, and London, Kentucky, his methods include suffocating, pulling tubes from oxygen tanks, poisoning his victims with cyanide and arsenic, and overdosing people on insulin and morphine. While Dr. Kevorkian used human methods to help people slip from their existence, Harvey murdered out of spite. If a patient slighted him or looked at him the wrong way, he would take offense and administer his lethal treatments. That's what he called it, as punishment. Doing treatments. (laughs) Whereas Dr. Kevorkian designed a machine to allow people in excruciating pain to be forever relieved in response to the terminal patient's requests, Harvey meted out death sentences to people trying to get well. In one such case, he stuck a coat hanger into a patient's catheter, causing infection mm. and ultimately death. Uh, that freaks me out. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Ugh. Awful. Ugh. Uh, while Dr. Kevorkian was an actual hero to his patients, comforting them to voluntarily transition out of this life, Harvey was a monster. He murdered without remorse, reflecting his profound psychopathy. From the first murder to his 33rd that we knew... Harvey felt no empathy for his victims whatsoever. His sloppy, ugly, and disturbing deeds were in service to the short-term need to dominate and control his victims. 
He had no healthy sense of self, only immediate needs. In snuffing out the lives of others, he crossed the lines between rational and irrational self-interest. In fact, he destroyed any hope he might have had of living a life as a truly human being when his first victim drew their last breath. Deciding who should live and die as if it's your right, basically based purely on subject. Henny doesn't like me. I get it, Hennessy. <laughs> Deciding on who should live and die as if it's your right, based purely on subjective criteria like hurt feelings or anger, is immoral, unethical, and inhumane. There's a reason Harvey had to sneak around and administer administer death in secret. He knew what he was doing was wrong. He just dominated and rendered ultimate judgment. Kevorkian was upfront because he knew he was acting in concern with his patients. He even filmed a man with debilitating disease to show authorities how much he was helping the man and dared police to stop him. Kevorkian was upfront because he knew he was acting in concern with his patients. He even filmed a man with a debilitating disease to show authorities how much he was helping the man and dared, dared, <laughs> dared police to stop him. He took a stand on behalf of their ultimate right to keep or leave their own life. All of his power to be the antithesis to Harvey shows the direct contrast between the merciful and the murderous. Both men have been accused of being evil killers, but only Harvey can claim that title. Kevorkian ended the lives of people ravaged by diseases. Um, and I put, what are your thoughts on this? I put, I know assisted suicide is already a very controversial subject, but I thought this was a great comparison because Harvey took it upon himself to decide who di- dies and lives, but Kevorkian only did what his patients asked. Yeah, and I think that's a difference, too. Like, I think Kevorkian, too, also... It's a scab. I think Kevorkian basically, like, did what the patients asked and probably didn't, like, make it, like, low and slow and painful. Yeah, exactly. Like... He put them out their misery. Exactly. That's all. Whereas the other guy just is murdering people. Clear, clear well, difference. He's, he's, what are your thoughts on assisted suicide? I think it all by case by case. You know. Same. So I think it is case by case. If you're terminally ill, I think it's okay. But because I know there's this whole thing going on, like people who are like very depressed and they want to have an assisted suicide mm-hmm. physician. And I don't know about that because now we have so much stuff out there to help us with that, even though it's very hard. (laughs) But I think that's, I think it's just a morally gray area for that. I agree. Like, I think in some cases it makes sense in other cases. Yeah. I think it's definitely case case by by case. case. I mean, if it's used in the right aspect, I think it could be good. Yeah. But, but I mean. I think it comes down to quality of life. But wouldn't it be, so, this is what I, life support is technically, taking them off life support is, like, yeah, assisted suicide, because you may be brain dead, but it's the value of your life, but, mm-hmm. and that's up to your family members, so. Yeah. That's what I think, but, because it's, like, every day that happens. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you have to put that, doctors put that decision in family's hands all the time, like, what do you want yeah. to do? It's like, well, they're only living by a machine. Exactly. Right yeah. So that's what I think. So like, well, it's it's sad. It's a sad inter- topic yeah, to talk about too. Yeah. It's interesting to like dive into though. Oh, I had um. Oh, so if so, 
Donald's confessions, he made several statements indicating that he was motivated by mercy. He claimed he just wanted to give his patients an alternative to suffering. Then almost in his very next breath, he would provide details of the murder that were anything but merciful. But I put, if Donald were indeed an angel of mercy, how did he justify murdering his boyfriend's father and one of his neighbors? Yeah. Like, how does an angel of mercy attempt to murder others in their personal life? And I just put in my humble opinion, Donald was simply a cold-hearted, sadistic killer. Killer that happened to be a nurse's aide and thus had access to a large victim pool. However, had he not been employed in the healthcare industry, would he have become a killer at all? Yeah, I wonder that too. Because he he did have a lot of access to like... And remember when he went and he checked himself into the VA mental hospital? Mm-hmm. And he came out and he was like clean for months? Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. Like, I don't know. It, it just, like, like, I feel like opportunity was the number one thing for yeah, him. because he, and, like, he just kept getting away with it. Yeah. So then he just kept killing. That's the one thing, too. Like, he definitely fucking, it, getting away with it did not help at all. Mm-mm. Did not help. But, yeah, why would you kill, if you're, it's all about mercy, your boyfriend's father, you tried to kill your boyfriend, Tried to kill his friend, and then you killed one of your neighbors. Yeah. That's not not anything mercy. mercy. No, nothing at all. So the one thing that I love, the one theory that I love, (laughs) is the self-control theory. And I did put a little bit in here, so if you don't know what it is. The criminologist self-control theory introduced by Michael Gottfriedson, Gottfriedson, I hate that last name, and Travis Hershey in 1990 gives more insight to Harvey's killings. For those who do not know the self-control theory, it describes internal means of social control. It argues that relationships, commitments, values, and beliefs encourage conformity. If moral codes are internalized and individuals are tied into broader communities, individuals will voluntarily limit deviant acts. The theory about the lack of individual self-control is the main factor behind criminal behavior. A person loses self-control and acts on impulses. Harvey murders people for various reasons. They made him mad just because he had the urge. He was showing mercy, etc. Everyone who knows Harvey said he did not come off at a per come off as a person with anger issues. If you break down each one of Harvey's murders, you can see that he is acting on impulse and has no self-control to stop the killings. So that, so the one thing with the, into the broader communities that also touches on him getting away with it. And then that's why he like didn't limit his deviant acts. That's why he kept going. So I like that. And I think that is a great theory for this because he can't control himself at all. No. Because because when like we just said, when he got out of the VA hospital, he was fine. He didn't do anything. But then when he got that opportunity again, he couldn't control himself from killing these poor yeah. innocent people. And I think it is absolutely disgusting. I am like, I'm just the the sheer amount of people that I know. he killed is just I'm mind blown. Like it. It's insane. That's a that, lot. I think it's 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 also gross that we can say he only killed thirty three people when he admitted to killing seventy. Yeah, and upwards of eighty. Yeah. Like what? So like, like I understand we can't prove it, but like he didn't lie about the other thirty three. So can we just take his word for it? I mean, he's the only good silver lining about this is he's dead. Yeah. So he's he got what was coming anymore. to him, but I wow. I don't know. And the one thing with, like, his boyfriend's father and, like, all them, I think, like, 
I, I don't know what he was thinking clearly, but like, I think it was because they weren't like conforming to his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's why he, because like his dad didn't like him. He tried to kill his boyfriend. Yeah. Because his just, boyfriend tried to break up with him. So he just killed anybody that inconvenienced yeah. him exactly. in any way, shape, or form. And like the one thing where he said when he was in that interview how he was controlled for the first 18 years of his life. He really wasn't. Yeah, I his was. Pa- he had a good childhood. Every remember the quote from his teacher. Yeah. What was this? Teacher Donnie was a very special child to me. He always had a smile for me. There was never any indication of any abnormality. Bitch, he killed eighty people. Like his. <laughs> Someone missed something. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like what the fuck? I mean, it could have been that. He was struggling with homosexuality, but, like, yeah. come on. But Like, that's insane. You had a good childhood. Who controlled you for 18 years? No. That's what I don't get. Yeah, that's his comment. I think he was just looking to point blame. Yeah. And he just wanted to be like, oh, well, I'm God now. Yeah, like, I'm just going to take people's lives. <laughs> Sorry, that was mid-yawn. That's totally okay. I That's all I ever do now is go to sleep early. It's 420. <laughs> Please. <it. laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. Well, that's all I have, unless you had something on that. Um, That was wild. It's crazy. That was that was really interesting. And I just can't believe he was just straight up like, yeah, I wanted to play God. And that's that. So I murdered all these people. He actually wasn't like a ugly man either. No, he looks like a pretty normal dude. Yeah, he reminds me of Ted Bundy. Yeah, he's <laughs> but got that really. Was him when he was, he's got really beady eyes. He, he just looks creepy. He looks like soulless. I think they portrayed him. Oh my god, hold on. It was in some movie or some show, and now, now I'm going to. That's not what I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's gonna bother me. He looks like it's gonna his bother me. eyes look dead, like American Psycho. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like just like the black beady holes. Well, fun fact: there's a actor named Don Harvey who so, <laughs> was in Die Hard. It was Wine Hunter. It was. Yeah, it was because they, uh, the guy who played John Douglas, actually interviewed him. Okay, so at least I didn't know it. Yeah. I was like, because they got, like, an actor who looked, like, so similar to, like, when he, um, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, it definitely has to. I want to watch this show again. He weirdly kind of looks like Ed Kemper there. He does, right? Yeah. That's one case I would love to cover, but that would be, like, 70 That would be, like, a million parts, because there's so much to unpack there. You know what we should do? What? We should rewatch Mindhunter. Yeah. Like, you know how Morbid's yeah. doing? They're like, Ooh, we yeah. should do Mindhunter. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. I love that fucking show. You guys would be down for that. Let, Let us, us know. know. <laughs> Let us know. And also, thank you all for, like, listening. We're getting so much more, like, listens and followers and downloads. And we love you. And if anything, like, follow our podcast, Chills. Follow our podcast, our Instagram. <laughs> Kills, thrills, thrills, and chills. And then you can just uh, message us on there and we will be happy to do any cases that you want. So, yeah. And um, 
We'll see you next week for another episode. Uh, we might be taking a break from... Yeah, maybe we'll do something lighthearted. I, I have something in the works right now that I haven't finished yet. And then also, I want to do a haunted one. Yeah. I haven't done a haunting one in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week, we'll bo- we'll do like a you find one and I find one. All right. And then we'll do that. All right. Peace out, loves. See you guys. <laughs>